Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I guess entrepreneurship is just a mindset. You do not choose it. It would come to you naturally. And the feeling would be so uh, intense, like you will feel yourself accountable that you have to do something. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world. And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality. Every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast. Follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. So today's personal spot, which is also a memo I'm about to send my team as I'm driving home from boxing class, is I've been thinking a lot. I'm in this program called Creator Now. It's awesome. CreatorNow.club. It was created by a YouTuber named Eric and such a, I don't think most people know how heart-driven he is and his management team is just like, wow, humans, like just wow, humans. So I feel really lucky to be in his new program. And one of the things that they taught us is, you know, really what is the journey you're taking your viewers through for your YouTube channel? And I was thinking just what is the journey that I'm taking my audience through in general, you know, with, you know, my podcast, I have different things in mind. Like, of course, with my women in tech podcast, I want to champion women. So listeners walk away feeling if she can do it, so can I. With my We Are LA Tech podcast, it's about immersing yourself into the LA tech culture immediately. I have other podcasts and they all have this kind of like mission driven sentiment that I wanted to cater to. But I've been thinking a lot about the Women in Tech podcast and 
how is it truly making a difference in the world? Like, truly. How is it, like, deeply and truly making a difference in the world? Not just happy, feel good, not just inspiration, but really moving the needle. Because most of you don't know this because I, I don't say it out loud very often, but I don't consider myself to be a feminist. I'm just going to share it, put it out there. I don't which is scary for me to say, because I think that comes with like a lot of judgment, but it's just true. I was really empowered by my father growing up to get into technology. I've had amazing male role models and I've been surrounded and so lucky to be around powerful, brilliant women. So I don't know, maybe the word feminist just means something different to me, but I don't consider myself to be a feminist. I consider myself to be a champion of people. And so the caveat to this, I was listening to something today. It was a guy speaking, educating, and he was interviewing another guy. And it's a guy in business that I really respect. And he was interviewing another guy in business. And they were both talking about their networks. And I did not hear one woman mentioned. I mean, I don't even know if I really heard diversity mentioned, let alone a woman. And I was disappointed. But also at the same time, I thought, you know, it makes sense because like attracts like, and usually like you like in job interviews and stuff, there's been studies done, like the person who looks like you reminds you of you, that's the person usually you're going to hire. And so if there's a whole bunch of people in one type of category at the top, of course, they're going to elevate that same type of person because it's where they feel most comfortable. And I understand that we're going through like a global shift, which is amazing, but it takes time. And I was thinking, how can I personally, how can my work really empower more women in power of all different cultures and ethnicities? How can I make the top more diverse? How can I personally contribute to that? So not just being someone that puts out things that are inspiring, not just someone that wants you to believe in yourself, which I do, which which is a main like MO I have behind all my work, because I, I think that self-limiting belief is just such a shame for us. How can my work truly and utterly change, not changes, make things, make more people, uh, you know, create an opportunity for more people to be elevated, like actually elevated, not feel good elevated, not, you know, but actually be elevated, actually be put in power positions so that there is more diversity at the top. And then therefore, again, like attracts like, and, and, you know, those people will probably pull more people up that look like them too. You know what I mean? So I'm really excited to rethink the women in tech podcast and how I utilize the social platforms and how I utilize the episodes. And it doesn't mean I would change the episodes necessarily like that wouldn't change, but just how I utilize the communication channels and the core ethos of the organization as a whole, if you could even call it an organization, like I just do women in tech because I believe in elevating people. (laughs) Like, Like there's not even a formal business behind it or anything. I just like the selfish thing for me is that I feel like I live a really purposeful life. And and that means a lot to me to know that how I show up and how I invest my time, it truly has significance, you know? And yeah, so I'm excited because I could just picture if with intention, I connect with my investor network and I connect with my women in tech network of like the top hiring managers and the top engineers and all the, and I somehow with this like core ethos in mind of how do I contribute to more women being put into power positions that will truly, 
evolve things. Here's why I want to be careful my language, because I love guys and I welcome all the guys to be a part of this. You know what I mean? Like, this is not about women tribe get together. This is about all of us collectively, like as a global unity being like, yeah, let's elevate women too. So Esprit, you're not listening to an episode by a guy that you really respect interviewing somebody, uh, another guy who's like epically awesome, but all the people being mentioned are all dudes. Where are the women at? You know? And so I want to hear in conversations how there's, you know, Michael, Joe, Larry, Mary, Jane, and Lisa, not just Michael, Joe, Larry, you know? And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm excited. I'm not excited that I just ate junk food, but I am excited <laughs> that I came up with this while uh, sitting in my car eating the junk food. Really need to get back on the grind on that athletic tip and eat my veggies. But yeah, so, well, that was today's personal spot. to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest here with us from Pakistan. Welcome, Bisma. Am I saying your name? It's Bisma. How do you pronounce your name? Bisma. Yes, you are saying it absolutely right. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on. So you've been a longtime listener of the Women in Tech podcast, and it's really influenced yes, your yes. work over in Pakistan. Can you share with us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and and what you've created by being inspired by a podcast? It's wild <laughs> to me. Yeah, so before starting, I would like to just do a few breathing exercises to just, just acknowledge the fact that we are having this conversation because <laughs> I have been like really excited about this, and I've been looking forward to have this conversation with you. I have been working in the tech industry for like around three to four years now. And it's been like around a year or two since I discovered this podcast, Women in Tech Show. And since then, it has been like my motivation or anything that is just, I just feel like I have people around me who can like discuss the same thing that I have been through or people who, who can feel what I have been through. Or, I mean, I, I find solution to their, um, to all the uh, podcasts and in the episodes that we discuss. So... And it was like, it was uh, something that I was really touched with all the issues that we discussed and just, just, just the community having the energy and just discussing the overall problems that we are facing. So I wanted something to create like for my own community as um, I mean, taking inspiration from this show and then making something on a very small scale on a very, starting from very limited resources. So it was like, because I knew some amazing women within my community who needs to be shown to the world. I mean, they have so much potential and they have so much incredible stories that needs to be shared with others. This was something that I really wanted to do. And I just started started uh, taking some podcast courses and then just random YouTube videos. It was like all in all, I did around like two to three months, just some basic research of how actually do you start podcasting? So I'm still a beginner. I'm still just just starting up. It's 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 a long journey to go. But you know, I am yes, I'm just geared up and I, I have to do this. It is something that that is giving me all the energy. Yes. And it's why I really love empowering other people to have a podcast because I love it when people utilize podcasting in the way that you're utilizing it. You're utilizing podcasting to champion community, to elevate others. And I wish that that was the main reason why most podcasts were created. So, and where can people find your podcast and your work? Yeah, so we are live on iTunes and on Google Podcasts and now on Spotify too. 
So it's with the name Her Tech Drive. I can spell it out as H E R T E C H D R I V E. And we our two episodes are live now. Yes. Heart Tech Drive. That what a great yes. name too. I love that. <laughs> Heart Tech Drive. Okay, so give us a little bit uh background on you as a woman in tech aside from the podcasting. I did my computer science degree. I did my bachelor's in computer science degree. And then uh, during that degree, so it was like I was taking multiple courses. There was uh, throughout my career, there has always been like not a single clear path that I have to follow this. I have to do this. So I have been like exploring HTML, Java, CSS. It's it's all like I was taking mini courses on all of that. And it was just something like I what I was like um, telling myself that I'll explore and we'll see what is something that will just best resonates with me. Right. So during my final year project, I just got to know about C Sharp and Unity and game development. And it was something that like this was just it felt like this is something that I really want to make money off. And it was something that I really enjoyed doing. That's how my journey with in, in the in the tech sector started. So I made a few random games using Unity and C Sharp. And then as a final year project, it was something of a some slightly sort of a big project it was uh, the project was called Peace Champs. It was basically targeted towards children and to overall address the peace issue related something. So it was kind of a uh, the game was centered around a kid and all the activities and all the scoring was based on that kid's character and moral development so that's how you know um, in gaming industry the the power that it gives you it was something that is that really like inspired me to continue working in the gaming sector you know you have the you with your scripts with your programming with your own um, coding abilities you have the power to like move a character in a way that you want to we ended up in a few competitions and the project worked well and that's how I landed my first job very humble beginnings it was like I started doing a few random gigs for gaming and uh, in my local companies and then around like three to four months of switching my uh, my jobs it was like I worked um, in a small setup and um, starting from a small startup company for like three to four months just to get the experience and then I switched to a big corporation which was like all centered around gaming and uh, like it was a big big setup and that is how I got to know the experience of working in a startup culture and then working in a big corporate organization so then I worked there for like a year and a half and then I started my MBA and with MBA it was kind of a switch in my career so that's how I very slowly and gradually I moved towards entrepreneurship then I founded two companies and that's how my journey has been I like how you're just like yeah I just pretty much dominated a tech and went in and became a founder of not one but two companies and you're just like yeah. okay and next like no what are the companies and what was the transition like but before you even share that I'm curious, okay, so having traveled to over 100 countries, I get exposed that sometimes the way the people in the countries are perceived isn't actually how they are. When I traveled to Northern Ireland and all my friends were like, why are you going there? And I'm like, and it was great, you know? So what is it about Pakistan that people don't know that you would like the world to know? Because here you are, a thriving woman in tech, working an incredible career, now having the opportunity to found companies and also from traveling, I know that based on geography and politics, it's different to be a founder in country to country. Like what it means to be a founder is entirely different. Um, in America, 
it's okay to have a ton of debt and to fail a lot. And in other countries, like if you fail, that's a really bad thing, you know? And so what would you like the world to know about being a woman in tech in Pakistan? I'll give an overall situation overview first, and then we'll move into technology sector later. Our country is like economically it's booming. We are seeing more and more startups getting big investments. The world culture is great. People are great. As I'm meeting new people, as I'm more um, doing doing more networking in all the company organizations and all, what I'm seeing is a general trend that people are very much ambitious here. So it's like um, the overall um, when we you know when uh, Pakistan is. Considered as in a global economy or something, it's more towards uh, all about terrorism and 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 just low literacy rate or something like women are not having enough rights and all. So the pro- the problems are still there, but you know these we have a really positive side that can be shown to the world. If I have been uh, lucky and my parents and my uh, system or my community has been like uh, supportive enough that I have been here and I was lucky enough and I have all the gratitude that I could like have the kind of education that I have and I could have the kind of experience and that I was able to found those two companies. But still there are many women and many girls out there who have not been given the same opportunity. So the problems are still there, but you know, we have a lot of uh, supportive communities also and the, uh, and the, and the kind of networking that we have helpful in our way. So answering to your second question about how it feels to be a founder in an Asian country like Pakistan versus Or even a, a woman in tech and a founder. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, it's hard. It's 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 hard. There's a lot that needs to be done in this department. In the company I was working with, I was the only girl working in a room full of men as a software engineer. The common um, problems that we are seeing, like our ideas are not readily acknowledged, and all the symptoms of like Im- what we face, as in imposter syndrome, not being good enough, not being all those self-limiting doubts. So they they're all there, you know. Just being a woman in tech. We have very limited uh, representation of uh, girls having tech careers in Pakistan. Just considering the few big corporations, even in those, we see girls in like quality assurance uh, jobs or in HR, on the, but not in core development programs. I guess the, because of the hectic uh, routines or somewhat. So this is, this is something that really needs to be worked upon. And secondly, um, talking about being a founder, that I would like to explain with more of like Asian culture. Being raised in an Asian culture or in a brown family, I would say all of the pressure that students and uh, mostly just people have is that the families are looking up to them. So you do not have any choice of failing. It's like if you are trying something or if you are pursuing something, the pressure is so much that you have to have make it a success or unless it's a direct attack on your family's reputation. It is something that like parents have to brag in whatever scenario uh, in such brown cultures, parents have to brag about like my children or my son or daughter, she's doing this, 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 this in every family meeting or in any meetup. It's like, this is the biggest headline. What is What am I doing and how, how well someone is doing? So... Starting something, entrepreneurship is something that is that is re- very risky. It's something you cannot just go and start a company one day. It's not, you have to like working here in Pakistan, you have to like think on a lot of, I mean, being a girl, you are already fighting on a lot of battles. And I mean, you have to constantly prove your worth and you have to constantly 
uh, fight through your own uh, struggles and all and then if you are pursuing and uh, firstly so firstly moving into tech and then as a software engineer it's already considered a rebellious act and then on top of that if you're like moving to entrepreneurship this is something like oh my god this is you have to have make it a success and then if you're not you are risking the money you are risking your career you are risking your time which is like the most important assets so it has been hard and i guess we have almost around just 1% of women representation in as as founders which is really you know it's it's really sad and it's we have to work on this yeah I really appreciate you sharing because I think it's one luxury that I have that I've been exposed to so many different cultures and geographies to understand the difference in what it takes to pursue this career that we're pursuing. And I just really respect and thank you for being so brave to share what's going on for you in that journey and being a founder, because I think it's important that we know as a collective community that it is not the same everywhere. Yeah, it's just thank you. And so two companies and not one, what two companies did you found? Yes. Um, and why so, two um, and not one at a yeah. time? <laughs> okay, so, 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 so I started one and okay. then switched to my second one. So there was, okay. it, it was not like I was running the two of them at both simultaneously. So I started with uh, when I just uh, left my corporate job. It was like for like three to four months, I did not do anything. It was kind of I was just completing my MBA, doing a lot of uh, business management and entrepreneurship courses at that time. And it was something like I really have to take a project as a, it was kind of a side project thing at the time. I did all market research. We we wanted to do something that was related to women and something related to clothing and then incorporating tech inside all of that. After like around lots of ideas and then we I finally like made my decision okay this is this is a service I will launch and it was kind of like um, with the name Stitch Karao it meant that you can get your dresses stitched and it was an online stitching service so I hired tailors I hired riders and then I made a website and then kind of like did all the marketing and surveys and all and then I got incubated in uh, in an accelerator program and then like for like six to eight months I was incubated there and then I hired interns and then I hired a few employees and then we scaled I worked on it around like for a year and two to three months and it was it was very very stressful and it was emotionally very exhausting <laughs> completely um, i don't think we talk about that enough in was, general not yes, just women in tech yes, just yes period yes. everybody's like I mean, I mean they're so great they just raised money <laughs> everything's awesome oh no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. it's it's just so i mean this I, I mean if someone asked me what has been the biggest or the darkest time of your life i said this was it and people would say oh you are running a startup company this would this would be so cool and all and it, it's not it's not it's so exhausting it just if someone is like trying to go towards running a startup or something please please like think twice it is just not an easy task and also because i was working as a solo founder so i guess so i guess when you're working as a solo founder there are, the pressure becomes like intense it's like you if you're working on the investment side then all of your customers are just, it, it's a mess it's a mess so anyhow i i survived for like a year and two months and then COVID happened and a lot of our operations were physical and it involved a lot of human interactions. So it was like I had to put hold on the service for like two to three months and it was a terrible, financially we were at a terrible stage. I had to lay off the employees and so 
when before starting like all these companies the main envision that i wanted to have for myself for my upcoming years was that i want to create opportunities for people i have to like the biggest social service that you can do is to create employment for other and when all this happened and after months and months of struggle and effort what just came was i was suddenly the bad guy i was firing the people off so after for 2 to 3 months i hold off the company and then we were like working very on very limited scale then again with the second wave i had to like completely shut it off and it was terrible terrible very very distressing time for me so then after then i took another break and like 2 to 3 months i i did nothing it was like a completely shut off phase i did not know what i was doing where i was and what i wanted to do then i suddenly like when i just got my energy back and i realized no you have to like start again and you have to like do something this is not going to happen so i have been uh, working on so because of my tech uh, background i knew this some bit so with, with the websites and all with the with all the e-commerce side working and with post covid i just you know everyone was talking about how e-commerce world is going to boom and all so i started researching on that and then i moved towards freelancing services like upwork and fiverr i switched to that and then i just uh, like a month or so i only did research and just realized what is happening how can i just work and just fit into the this whole model and then just i got one to two clients for like really uh, offering e-commerce based services website development and then uh, just launching and ranking then we switched to amazon and then shopify and then this so i um, most of our local companies were like very much uh, switching to online sales at that time because of again covid so i saw the opportunity there and then slowly and gradually we switched to a few of international clients then the work expanded i brought in another partner and then we hired two more people and then it, it it started to make sense okay why all all this shit was happening around me and then it was so easily scalable as compared to my previous startup because it was taking less of my time and less of my energies and i was getting much better money out of it and it was just overall it was all online we did not have to like uh, do any physical interaction at any time we are all we are still all our team, team is remote so we are we are expanding we just hired another team of bunch of people and yeah this is it so that's how i worked on a second company. and to clarify who do you serve right now who is your target customer and how do you serve them yes so i mostly work on upwork that is how i am usually reaching out to my clients so i am working as an amazon service provider we launch and rank different products and then we work with amazon sellers and all and on say so so we have like divided the team into different multiple e-commerce streams we work on etsy we work on shopify we work on this so and most of our customers uh, most of our clients are usually we get them through upwork So that is how the overall model and is. And so you help Amazon sellers have their Etsy and their Shopify. Can you clarify that a little bit? How do you support yes. Amazon sellers with the other platforms? Yes, so we support them with we, yes. So um for Amazon we, we provide services like launching and ranking and SEO optimization and uh, content writing and then product hunting, product researching and then all those Oh, wow, you like take care of everything. So somebody yes, could yes, say yes, yes. so essentially somebody could say I want to be an Amazon seller. What should I sell? Hire you and you're like I got you. I'll be back yeah. and then you tell them what to sell, you create the website for them, you create the con- I mean essentially yes. your business in a box for someone who wants to sell on exactly. Amazon. Exactly. So as a complete service provider, yes, you can say that. 
that's how. That's so cool. You mentioned going through a lot of hardship in your last company. Who was your support system during that time? Yes. So I guess this is the most important question, I would say, because for an entrepreneur, the biggest advice if you're starting is to have your support system around. For me, it was my sister. For every minor inconvenience, I would just call her and I would cry and I would just, even if she was not there physically with me, but it was just, I had this connection with her that I can just let it out. Even if she was understanding or not, but just acknowledging the fact that someone is there to who is listening what I'm going through. So it, at that point, it was like I was managing everything. I was doing the like meetings with investors. I was doing marketing and I was working on the social media side. And then I was handling all the customers. So if like for, for a single customer, it's just like something from our end in, in terms of quality or anything, I would get a call and I would get a like people are very aggressive when it comes to like bad quality and it was their right it was i mean we were just starting up our quality was not at up to the mark so if anything like that happens if i get a call from like customer or anything and then it would just my energy levels were just dropped at that moment and i did not have any you know you cannot just go to being a founder you cannot just put the stress out onto your team it's not how it works so you have to be emotionally really 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 strong in order to like just not uh, consume that negative energy mm-hmm. and all of that. So in my case, it was my sister. She she has like, she has been there for me. It has like, I just respect her for the fact that how she has just listened to me, just having a listening ear around you. It's, it's very helpful. Yeah. You talked about how it's very difficult to be a founder, but then you went a- ahead and did it again. Now, I agree with you. It's extremely difficult. So I understand 100% what you're saying and why you're saying it. But I think that most people don't understand. So why do we choose to be founders when it is so emotionally taxing and difficult? (laughs) I guess entrepreneurship is just a mindset. You do not choose it it would come to you naturally. And the feeling would be so uh, intense, like you will feel yourself accountable that you have to do something. You cannot just, I mean, having all the resources that you have, having all the luxuries that you have. I mean, if you are just having all that luxury in your life, you are enjoying all all the time that you have, all the money that you are making in a corporate job. I'm not like not judging anyone or anything but it's like if you're just having enjoying your corporate life you have like a really dream job and you are making good money out of it what then what next it's just you are just good for yourself it's it's nothing for the society nothing where is the impact that that was expected of you so being entrepreneurs as i guess this is something inbuilt in us you i mean how bad it is how messy it is how stressful it gets you have to do this because if not, if it's not for the founders, how the coming generation, how are they going to land into other jobs? How will the economy work? How will the countries work? How will the money like come and flow? How this overall setup is going to work? I wish I had the opportunity to choose this and I wish I had like this kind of luxury where I can just enjoy my corporate job and that's it. I do not have to like have all this stress in my life. But I mean, with this stress is something that I like, I how messy it gets. I just love being a part of this whole 
system. This whole world. I feel exactly the same as you. I feel I was born an entrepreneur, that it's in my cells. And I even tried to not be an entrepreneur because it was so stressful. It was a very weird time. I was working this job and I would randomly, just all the time, randomly start crying. But I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't sad. I'm like, why does my body keep crying this is so bizarre and I'm like am I hungry like what is going on and then after that when I became an entrepreneur again I realized I was crying because I wasn't in alignment with my true self like my Mm. spirit was crying saying this is not your path go back to your path even though it's so hard (laughs) and so Yeah, it was super surreal experience. I mean, you know, I cry like every other person, but normally like it's because I'm upset about something or at least I know why I'm all worked up. (laughs) Yes. And I I have been discussing this with my um, entrepreneurial friends and we were discussing the same trend in our lives. Like it's like one day you are on top of your energy. You'll feel like you have all the energy and all of your dreams are like within your reach. And the next day you would wake up. It's like Mm -hmm. I cannot move out of my bed. I mean, I don't know how people find balance in all of this. It's like just totally. having to having to strive every day. It's like you have to put in the effort to just show up, and totally. just showing up would do would do would do just half the work. I guess that's that's it. That's. I'm going to talk about something really personal, and I don't usually take it to this direction. If you're open to it, I think it would be helpful mm-hmm. to everyone. And sometimes I feel like the life and mental like sustainability of an entrepreneur seems very similar to like being depressed or something how people describe depression where depression has really low lows and then really high highs and it like comes at times and what's been uncomfortable for me in my journey being a founder was feeling misunderstood, feeling like people don't understand me and they want to label me as certain things that maybe they need to fix in my brain. Not understanding, no, it is a lot of pressure and very stressful to be a founder. I'm fine. I'm just going through it and I'm living my life's purpose and I'm not someone to be fixed. I'm not broken. I'm simply living and this is my journey and I hope I invite you to like support me and elevate me and empower me throughout my journey but please don't try to fix me because that is just it's not cool does that make sense I've never said that out loud in this way yeah you know just not being understood is is a tragedy in itself and not yes the what you said just that you do not, someone who is listening to or who is seeing me crying, he just does not has to fix me because this is my my own battle and I am just going through it. And, and you know, most of the times we, we internally we know that this is something that we can handle. This is something we'll just just get, this, this will be done. We, we are, we, at some point within 
our our lives within like instincts it's we know that this is not that of a big deal and it's yeah we have seen that we we have done that but it's not weekend, necessarily like, big deal it's just founders are extremely resilient people that's part of what it takes to be a founder exactly. is in an, an epic level of resiliency <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but but yes again having that resilience like i would still cry like four to five totally five times a week absolutely yes this is uh, so you know this um i guess just having a personal space really helps in such cases you know you if you have like people around they would they would like literally label you as some crazy crazy person like why are you, so i so my family even my not just my sister my other family members they were like when see me all this i i had this such terrible or I, with me at that time so they were like why are you doing this you have a degree you have like a working experience you can just do your job this is not something that is expected of you even your words or even all of your energy and you just cannot convince them how important this company or this this whole startup thing is how important it is for you it is then when you are part of the process it's something that is so dear to your heart you cannot just let it out you cannot just switch it you cannot and and secondly when the uh, you mentioned the first thing that was not being understood mm-hmm. i would like to add like two more things that makes us makes the life of an entrepreneur more of that of a depressed person so second would be uh, and just to be really clear not for you but for everyone listening yeah just because we as founders go through really high ups and really low downs does not mean we are depressed it means we have a lot of stress (laughs) and we are and we are busy being resilient to survive the stress it takes to build something great so please stop equating the two as the same thing exactly exactly (laughs) and crying is a superpower it's it just makes us feel so relieved and so light after that so um so, so the second point i was mentioning is uncertainty i guess this has been mm. my biggest uncertainty guess. yeah it it has been my like the, the worst thing that has like my biggest fear was so again being were being uh, from asian culture what will i tell my family what mm. will i how will i face my community that i have been so cool marketing my startup that i have left my corporate job and now i'm working in my startup and i have got incubation and i have like this and this i am hiring employees and then all of a sudden what would i say like i just lost all of it this is this was some i'm mm-hmm. a mess i'm a failure is this something and then just uh, even my company was not in that bad state the uncertainty and that the, the fear of that what will happen next okay what if i do not get any investment what if do, no customers show up what if my customer service will never be improved what if i my ad spend will just expand or it will hit an infinite amount and what what not so i had all those fears and it's just just my i i'm a big overthinker so you know we entrepreneurs are yeah. i felt that if i had that kind of uh, community around me that have just understood me and just listened to so my sister she she worked well she she was there to support me but again just a group of founders or some people who would just relate to me and just at that time give me some counseling or mm-hmm. something like that it would have been so helpful for me but i did not have the luxury to i mean we have um, so in our like uh, the, the incubation center that i'm mentioning so we have like other startup founders and all but I really miss that kind of community that we have now like in all with such platforms and such podcasts and that you know you feel a kind of 
like the other people the other persons they are listening to you and they can relate to you it is another power it is something that is so powerful and just makes you feel so light at moments completely thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable i think this will help Mm -hmm. so many people in in understanding we're also probably terrifying them like i'm not gonna become a founder now (laughs) but uh (laughs) but even 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 if yes even if uh, people around me they're like i want to start this company and um you know i have uh, this much amount of investment and all and (laughs) why i mean i do not want to like give them any negative advice or something like this but i would surely say them okay think twice i mean people are not they're not emotionally that mature that they can handle such situations and i mean they can end up in severe depression if they just have not that kind of maturity in them mm-hmm. so we need i guess in in such type of uh, startup organizations or in trainings or in such programs there should be another whole program for like just how to handle your emotions oh completely i think some of the words that i get called are the things that give me the ability to be a leader and have a superpowers and so it's this huge conflict like one of the words that i'm called is you're super intense i'm like well do you mean passionate? Because how else am I able yes. to give a keynote speech in front of thousands of people with so much vigor and exactly. engagement? You think like if I was mundane, I could stand in front of an audience and I could have the drive to lead a team. And no, I need to like show up and show up with vigor and exactly. tenacity. What does intense mean exactly? I like I can't. And maybe maybe in some ways they might mean it as a compliment. I don't know. I don't really care for the word intense. I I don't receive it as a compliment. Again, it makes me feel like misunderstood. It's just these kinds of adjectives make me feel misunderstood. They make me feel underappreciated, makes me feel like I'm being picked apart. Like it's okay to show up with a lot of passion and drive in a speech but like don't show up with a lot of passion and drive in other areas or it's okay to give a lot and serve community and do all this. Just don't expect me to give you anything back. Like, you know, I I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of conflict being a driven founder, a lot of conflict in human relationships in our lifestyles in, in general, not necessarily in leading our companies because it, feels almost textbook and not textbook, but kind of like, I feel like I know intuitively what I need to do to improve as a leader and how to show up for a team call. And I continue to discover what my style of leadership is and what my style of company is. Do I want a really small company or do I want a big company? For me, I like a family, collective, small company. Mm -hmm. I never want to have like a huge company, you know? when it comes to like my overall life, my day to day and how that being an entrepreneur shows up in my personal relationships or shows up in my day to day living, tons of conflict, like tons of feeling misunderstood. It's like the only place where I feel quote unquote normal is when I'm being a founder. (laughs) I can completely understand that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, people kind of misunderstood us in ways we we can't even imagine. I mean, they would say, oh, she's working in a tech sector. Okay, she's a founder and all. She must be all about just the company itself. She would not have a family life. She would not have no no friends or anything. 
this is not this is not how we are we are just normal people it's just the drive within us that we have to pursue and we have to create like opportunities for other that's a part of us entrepreneurship is a part of us like every other basic human emotion like every single person mm-hmm. has it's just it's just that yeah so this is it yeah I appreciate how open you're being. I appreciate me for being open to. I appreciate both of us because I think this is a very difficult thing to share. Before I ask some of my standard women in tech podcast questions, how can people connect with you? How can they reach out? How could they further be involved in your life? Yes. So um, they can reach out to me directly through my LinkedIn. It's uh with my same name. It's Bisma Majid. Other than that, they can reach out to me through Instagram. Heart Tech Drive. Heart Tech Drive. There's a new question I started asking, and I'm so excited to ask you, which is, if you could have any wish, what is your wish? And what is blocking from that wish becoming reality? What's in the way of receiving that wish? So right now with this tech podcast that I've started, so I'll just relate to that. What I want is that what i'm wishing or what i'm aiming for now is kind of to make a job portal where more and more big tech companies have all of their resources and this is kind of a, like a a kind of a portal where they're more you know uh, all these tech companies they're more looking towards bringing more inclusivity and more diversity and all and you know being part from pakistan and all my other minor communities we have to bridge that gap so where companies are looking for more and more such people and where my uh, girls within my community with extremely uh, amazing programming skills they want to also join those careers so i want to like kind of bridge that gap so i'm like kind of working and planning things out how i can make this set up how i can like just bring all both sides together and what is like really um stopping me then doing this is just i guess timing would be i, I would say i mean i have all my plans how will i do this how will i my, i might run some kickstarter campaign or something like that or I mean, it's just, it's, I do not have a fixed timeline for that, but this is in my next goals that I have to work on that. This is something I'm really excited about. And this is, you know, kind of my next big goal for the tech podcast. Yeah. I love that. So funny because I've had that same idea several times over the last few years and I never pursued it either. I even have a bunch of domain yeah. names for it. I would love for you to pursue it so I could okay. share it everywhere. I think it needs to exist. Perfect. Perfect. What's blocking you? What's getting in your way? Why can't it exist? today tomorrow mm-hmm. i guess it needs a lot of planning it's not just a one time thing it would need a lot of training it would need a lot of awareness and and most importantly i have to like really work on it smartly i have to plan things for not just for next two years for how it will work in next like for a decade i have to i have to figure out all those stuff wait so, but do you, since, wait yeah. sorry hold on but I'm just writing a note. But do you? Do you actually need to do that? Or are you just telling yourself that? <laughs> okay. So I guess this I have to acknowledge. I am a big procrastinator. And um, I... Is that possible <laughs> to be a founder and a procrastinator at the same time? By the way, I'll answer it yes. for you. Yes, it totally is. <laughs> yes, it totally is. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. And I wish there was a cure to that. I wish... Uh, my companies would have been at much better state than now. I guess, yes, uh, procrastination is, this is something that is really stopping me. So I had like my minor goals that when I will reach like 100 downloads to my podcast episode, I will 
do this minor step of this job portal i will buy a domain name and when i will reach like a thousand downloads then i will this so this is how i am like planning things mm. out so, I like um, that though. I like that you set up success metrics for yourself so you could yes, continually, yes, yes. it's kind of like a, 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 a internal accountability system. <laughs> yes, but again, my procrastination is still stopping me. You know, I, I had plans, like I have to do two interviews in a week. And uh, I mean, I, I completely appreciate you how you do three interviews a week. I mean, that is just <laughs> so much work if you acknowledge. Six. Six. <laughs> oh because my God. two podcasts. But I, I've taken a little bit of, of a break, if you can call it. We're only uh -huh. airing one episode a week at the moment because I just needed some breathing room. <laughs> but oh for God. years, for years, it was uh, it was six a week. And well, it was actually more than that because we would do some episodes in advance. So sometimes I would do like, you know, 20 in a month or something and I don't know. I can't work out the numbers right now, but yeah, no, we wow. had, let's see if we had 24 episodes a month, sometimes I would, yeah, I think like one month I did 40 or so. I don't know. It was like a lot, yes. a lot of yes. interviews at one time. Anyway, this is going off on a tangent, but so, so, yes. so, so something to add to all this podcasting stuff. I mean, before I started this, I was, about, I had my plans like, yeah, it would be easy. I have to just bring in a guest and I will just do an interview for like an hour or so. Yeah. Not a big deal. That's okay. I'll do three. I'll do five or even more. And, you know, when I started, I then realized it just takes so much of your energy to know the real story of the person who you are interviewing. It's just, you have to be in the moment. It's not something podcasting is not something that you can just go with the flow and just whatever person that person is speaking and you can just relate to that and just add more questions to it it's not you have to like be there in the moment you have to make that story you have to like get those questions out of that person this takes energy and i'm such a procrastinator i have such amazing guests in line but but i i know that i have to bring that energy and and second like something that you mentioned that what is stopping me so uh, adding to that i don't know how i have survived as an entrepreneur being an introvert so mm, me too i really have to like even i if i have to like call a friend or something or i have to meet any person i really have to like sum up some energy to do that <laughs> oh task. And, and you and i both oh my gosh completely <laughs> and and you know a person like me who would not be comfortable to have a, a have a conversation with any stranger or someone would start a podcasting channel it's it's so uh, these are two separate things completely separate things and my friend would say how why you we do not see you as a podcaster this is not something you but the idea was something so close to my heart that i have to do this i have to do this, this is something i have to put in my energy so again even if i have put all those success metrics for me my procrastination is something that is blocking me. yeah no so okay so we have to get into this but what i will say is there are several days where I am beyond exhausted and I show up and I feel that you have the same thing. This is why I'm sharing it. I show up to my purpose. So even if you feel just like you don't have it in you, if you could just connect to your purpose and show up anyway, it's probably going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Even if 30 seconds before you feel like you're just, I mean, 
Today's not like a, a terrible day, but I did definitely feel tired. I'm pretty tired. I've been working a lot. And and so today was one of the harder days for me to like show up here, but it's about serving my purpose. And I don't think you could tell. I mean, I can't even tell during the interview. Probably as soon as we get off, I'll go back to being tired. And right before we started, I was really tired, you know, but like during the interview, I'm connected to something else, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think just being in touch with that purpose possibly will bring you over the hump of like, I don't have the perfect energy right now. Because let me tell you, about 75% of the time I do the interviews right before I don't have the perfect energy. And then I just channel yes. it during. So just unsolicited advice. Two, let's get into this job board thing because I feel like you were trying to trick me and get away from it. And (laughs) what is a block? Okay, procrastination. Okay, planning. Because here's the intent of the question is there was this study that when you share what your wish is publicly within community and then you share also what your block is, to that wish publicly within community, someone in the community can support you in the block so that you can gain your wish. So I don't think it's procrastination for you though. So I mean, maybe it is that, but I don't think that's the actual block. Maybe the block is like overthinking and planning. What can the community do to support you in relieving that block so that you could attain this thing that will create so much good and so much positive and so much opportunity. I heard this person say once, we were given gifts and if we don't share those gifts that we were given with the world, we're not living our purpose. And so when I go on stage, it's not about that I feel sick every time I'm about to go on stage. It's not about that I'm nervous. It's not about it's not about my ego or how I physically feel. It's that the speeches I give on stage truly impact people's lives in a really amazing way, right? So who am Mm -hmm. I to say, I don't wanna give my gift that I've been given and I don't wanna serve others because I feel nauseous before (laughs) I'm about to like go on stage. It's not about me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this job board is not about you, it's about service. So who are you to allow procrastination and over planning get in the way of serving your highest purpose? Bam. (laughs) This is like the mic the mic drop. This is it. This is it. You know, this is again what you said that even if you are like feeling low or you do not have that kind of energy, but just connecting to your inner self and why you started this that is something that really helps and can just two minutes of silence and just acknowledging the fact that why are you here and what's your Mm -hmm. purpose and you are not just here for yourself this is not something that is only expected of you there's a lot and uh, even after this job portal thing there would still be a lot to do that is expected of you that is just not all of it it's right as long as you're alive and you have the resources and you you are healthy and you can think you have to be in service that's all wait 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 but you're still getting away so what's holding it i'm not letting you so what's holding you back 
from this job board like how can we support you as a community in that block because i think this job board to empower women and to help elevate especially brown women around the world and and i'm sure you're not just going to focus on brown women will be like just yeah, elevating yeah. this is important so what's the block and especially with your heart driven tech podcast what an amazing way i said that i've thought about it as well for years how great that would be i think you totally should do it i think it's important and if this is really important to you what is the block in it not existing just an mvp minimum viable product tomorrow mm -hmm. just how can we support you in removing the block for the mvp part i can I mean, I'll be honest here. I can I can make a basic website structure for that, and it's just I have to put in like a few hours of work. I guess the part that is really stressing me out is again the fear of being the solo founder that I have been earlier, and just it was so bad and it was so exhausting that even if something this is something that I really want to do, and even this is, mm. I acknowledge the fact that this will be of such great service. Mm. But just realizing the fact, just all that emotional trauma, that mm -hmm. is something that is really like the blockage that I feel. And I would just, I mean, happily say that, oh, I am just procrastinating or and all. But right. I mean, if I really acknowledge it, it would be deep lying, like some emotional distress would be. No, I'm glad you said that because what I truly believe is that's more important than service is self-care. My mentor says you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And when we are totally taxed physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, we are not able to serve our purpose. So in order to fuel our service to the world, we must prioritize self-care. So, I mean, maybe it's just not the right time. Exactly. Maybe yes. what people can do for you is they could send you spa packages and stuff. <laughs> and different kind of different kind of self-care things. That. <laughs> so that yeah, like exactly. there is the block. Actually, there's the block. Everybody listening, if you have something in mind, maybe it's a meditation or it's a spa related thing or something. You know what I've been doing lately is I've been powering off my phone like for days at a time, which is just mm. such a great stress reliever. Yes. Yeah. What are the different things? So I think that's what it is. Maybe mm. we'll see. But anyway, thank you for yeah. being yeah. so open. So the final question, and it's the most lighthearted question, and I'm sure you mm. expect this because you've listened to so many episodes. What is your favorite tech tool, mobile app, website, software? Which is your fave? Yes, so very basic, very random. It's a Google Chrome extension with an A momentum. So I, oh, I just momentum. love that. It's as simple as that. It's just you, you know. It's just keep on changing the backgrounds with uh, travel destinations that I I actually have put for myself, and then I would just add some goals for the day, and it would just keep me going. Yeah, nothing fancy, nothing so techish. It's it's just a simple basic Chrome extension, I would say. Yes. Momentum. That's great. That's yeah. I have momentum too. And doesn't moment if we're talking about the same thing, you could write what's like the main thing you're working on today, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. Yes. So it has the yeah. picture, the travel pictures in the back room, and you have a thing that says mm. what's the main thing you're working on. I love the yes, focus. It's, it's, yes, and it keeps you focused that this is something you have to do amidst from all the distractions and also. I really acknowledge that. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is. I have to do this only for today. And a bonus cue, what question, what is a piece of advice that you've gotten that has really 
stayed with you throughout the years? For being a founder and someone who's working in tech, just surrendering to the unknown, I would say this has really helped me. I'm trying to work on that. And the fear of uncertainty is something that that is like my worst fears. This is an everyday struggle. What would happen if? What if this happens? What if this happens? I don't know. I am working on this. This is not, what if this does not work out as I expected it to be? How this thing will turn out? I'm putting in all of my effort and all of my energies into it. This is not something how it's looking out. So that just, you know, doing your best, putting out your best and just doing your work and then leaving it on, leaving it out as it is. Half of the effort is yours. And then most of the time, you are not just responsible for 100% of the output. There are tons of other factors and you have to be okay with it. Even with failures, even with losses, even with anything, we cannot just control every situation. So I have like worst fears of failure. What would my family say? What would my community say? What would my friends or even my mentors would say like this we have been like guiding you and we have been we had so much expectations from you and you have turned into a mess and you have turned into a failure and you have turned into a depressed soul or whatnot so just you know just leaving it out and just acknowledging that you cannot control every situation you have done your best and you can just leave the rest on to universe or, or god or anything that yes Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech all around the world. Remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Spree, for having me. It was such fun. Hi, this is Vishma Wajid with my company, HerTech Drive. I am working as a founder and HerTech Drive is a podcast that focuses on empowering women from the tech industry and redefining the industry one episode at a time. I am based in Lahore, Pakistan. You are listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.